0: I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about the new changes to the Wishes Collection at Walt Disney World, I'm joined by Carly Morgan of Magical Day Weddings and The Wedding Atlas, and we're going to talk about what's different, what it means for you and your wedding, and maybe how you can try to save some money under the new pricing structure. So welcome, Carly. Hello, glad to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I think it's going to be interesting to talk about this because the changes for anybody who's familiar with the way Wishes is structured now, the changes are pretty dramatic. So we'll go over everything and then hopefully between the two of us, we can come up with ways that people can still save money on their weddings. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So for those who aren't familiar and for those who are currently planning, the Old pricing structure was that you had to make an overall minimum expenditure. There was this overall minimum amount you must spend with Disney, which was $12,000 if you had a weekday wedding, $15,000 if you got married on a Friday or a Sunday, and $20,000 if you got married on a Saturday. And the way that you met that was. A couple of different components. You had to meet an individual food and beverage minimum per person. So if you had a brunch you had to spend $100 per person, lunch you had to spend $125 per person, and dinner you had to spend $150 per person. But that could be met at the time by all the food and beverage you had on that day. So if you added a bridal tea before your wedding and you had all your bridesmaids get together and it was catered by Disney, that would count toward the minimum. And if you added a dessert party in the evening, that would also count toward the minimum. And then the rest of the money that you spent to meet that $12,000 or $15,000 or $20,000 was spent on just anything else you needed for your wedding day that Disney provided. So venue fees, floral and decor, transportation, entertainment, and if you chose to use Disney, your photography and your videography. This is all different now, but if you are already working with a sales consultant on your wedding for 2014 or an event manager, or if you've even just started talking to them already and they know who you are and maybe you've been penciled in on their system, you will still get this pricing structure. It will still apply to your wedding. So don't freak out, um, but hopefully you'll stay tuned for the rest of the show. (laughs) Now, if you are getting married in 2014 and you haven't started working with Disney, or if you're getting married in 2015, this is the new pricing structure. First of all, there's no more overall minimum. There's not one big chunk of change that you have to meet when you're planning your wedding with Disney. However, there are three new minimums that you have to meet in combination. The first is a ceremony venue minimum, and that is $3,500 for every place but the Wedding Pavilion, or $4,000 for the Wedding Pavilion, and the exception to that would be the Magic Kingdom, which has a $10,000 minimum, but that includes some of the services. I think it has uh, transportation down Main Street, there may be a musician involved, you get chairs, and that's just a set fee that you have to pay. The next minimum that you have to meet is a per-person food and beverage minimum for adults $125 at brunch, $150 at lunch, and $175 at dinner. But the most important change here is that these minimums now may only be met by food and beverage that you have for your pre-reception and your reception. So if you do a dessert party, it doesn't count. If You do a bridal tea, any other catered event, if you use one of their conference rooms and you have to meet a $500 food and beverage minimum while you're getting ready, doesn't count. Only your pre-reception food and beverage and your reception food and beverage will count. And then the third minimum that you have to meet is what they're calling an enhancement minimum, and it ranges from $5,000 to $10,000, depends on the day of the week, so if you're getting married Monday through Wednesday, it's $5,000, if you're getting married Thursday, Friday, or Sunday, it's $8,000, and if you're getting married on a Saturday, it's $10,000. And what counts toward the enhancement minimum is basically everything else you get from Disney, including the fees for those things, but not the taxes or the food service charges. So if you're paying, say, a bartender fee because they estimate that your bar will reach less than $500, or if you're paying floral move and set fees, those would count toward your minimum. The ceremony fee, however, does not count. So your reception venue fee would count toward the enhancement minimum, but the ceremony fee, that's that separate $3,500 or $4,000, and it does not apply to the enhancement minimum. Now, the other trick is... All of these things have to be for the reception or the pre-reception only. So if you're having an Illuminations dessert party, the viewing fee doesn't count, the food and beverage doesn't count, the floral and decor don't count, basically anything for any other event besides the reception and the pre-reception doesn't count toward this enhancement minimum. And we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but that's what's going to make it so tricky now to meet these new higher prices. Technically... The new overall minimum, if they still had one, would be $11,000. That's the absolute cheapest you can have a full wishes wedding. You would have to have only 20 guests. You would have to have a brunch on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Theoretically, you could do this. And that's before taxes and service charge, but that's the number. Now, It could go as low as $7,500 if you did your ceremony off-site, because then you would just be paying for the reception and meeting those food and beverage minimums and the enhancement minimum. However, of course, you would then be paying the Catholic Church that you used or whatever off-site location you used for your ceremony. Now, it seems like the biggest loser here is Thursday, because Thursday used to be part of the week, and you got all your lower food and beverage and your lower everything else, Now, Thursday's lumped in with Friday and Sunday, and they've gone up too. So whether or not you're able to keep your wedding at the price that it would have been before depends a lot on what day of the week you're having. Okay, so let's look at some examples. Let's take a 40-person wedding, because that's a pretty good average attendance rate for a destination wedding. Say you have a 40-person weekday brunch, you're not using the wedding pavilion, you're looking at spending a minimum of $13,500 versus $12,000 before, or technically $10,000 if you got in on one of the specials that they offered, and they've been doing that for the last couple of years. Now if you take the same 40 person event and you have it on a Thursday or a Friday or a Sunday at lunch and you use the wedding pavilion you're looking at $18,000 versus $12,000 before or $15,000 before and then if you take those same 40 people and you have top of the line Saturday night dinner you use the wedding pavilion you're looking at a $21,000 minimum versus the old $20,000 minimum so in that case you know it's not that much difference The difference comes when you have a higher guest count. And we've always said, you know, you want to cut costs, keep your guest count low, but now it is imperative. So if you had a 125 person wedding on a weekday for a brunch, not using the wedding pavilion, you're looking at $24,125 versus theoretically a $12,000 minimum before. I mean, that was the absolute bare minimum you had to spend with them, but I don't know if anybody was ever able to have a 125-person event. I don't event. know that that wedding
1: actually exists, <laughs> Yeah, I certainly have not seen it.
0: But I think when you're just roughly doing the numbers, you're like, oh, yeah, I could totally do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so same 125-person event. You have it on a Thursday, a Friday, or a Sunday at lunch, and you use the wedding pavilion. Now you have to spend at least $30,750 versus that $12,000 or $15,000 from before. And if you have a 125 person event on Saturday night at dinner and you use the wedding pavilion, you're looking at spending $35,875 versus the $20,000 before.
1: Well, and again, I'm wondering if this is just reflecting the fact that this is actually closer to what people were paying for that many guests anyways, because everybody was sort of fooled by that mirage of these low numbers that Disney was putting out as a minimum, when in reality... I think a lot of brides were actually paying quite a bit if they had a lot of guests. So in a weird way, this new system, because you can immediately see, okay, I have this many people on my guest list, you know, multiply it by this number, this time of day, like boom, that there's your number. It might be a more transparent and therefore almost a better way to calculate what you're actually going to be paying to Disney. The problem here is, is that one, it's going to be a whole lot of sticker shock because these are big numbers. And two, with the prices having gone up, I'm still not totally sure that this is you know, going to be seen as better by most of the brides that are listening.
0: Exactly. And I think you're right. I think it's definitely more realistic. And I'm sure Disney was constantly frustrated by people calling up and wondering why they couldn't have a 125-person Saturday night wedding for $10,000. Um, mm-hmm. But for those of us who do budget down to the penny and work every angle and try to make it happen because otherwise we would not even be able to have a Disney wedding – That's no longer an option. Like, there's no way you can just serve sandwiches or something. There's absolutely no way you can whittle it down to as low as it was before.
1: Right. The increase in price for the ceremony venues, I think, is going to knock out quite a few budget brides. Because the fact that that is just, there it is, there's no wiggle room, any decorations or anything you want is going to be on top of that. That is a huge chunk now of what you're going to be paying out to Disney. Now, you and I both got married about five years ago, so it's normal that prices would have gone up since then. But in 2009, when I got married, I got married at the wedding pavilion and we paid $2,500. And we were there for uh, about a half an hour, if you count all of the time it took for people to go in, sit down, watch us get married, and then for everybody to shuffle back out again. And at the time, I thought that $2,500 for 30 minutes was quite a bit of money. Now, $4,000, I mean, I'm not sure... I think that we probably would have changed venues if that had been the price back then. And, you know, inflation, all that, you'd expect prices to go up, but that is a big leap.
0: Well, yeah, because a year ago they went up $2,000, $3,000 two, three thousand dollars for the wedding pavilion and two thousand dollars for every place else, and now here it is only a year later and they've basically doubled since two years ago. It's almost like they have this number they're working backwards from that they think each type of wedding should cost. And so to make that number work out, they raise the prices of the ceremony venues. Mm. With the resorts, you can kind of see how it's justified because now you also get either a guitarist or a violinist, and you get a sound system. And sound systems cost at least $1,000 outside, and the guitarist and violinist have gone up to $600. So you can kind of almost see where that number came from, but the wedding pavilion, there is nothing different. You get all the same stuff, organist, rehearsal, space. The bride and groom's vestibule, apparently that's one of the advantages, even though you can't get ready in them. You're only in them for about five minutes. I Um, think
1: we were in it for 10 minutes total. (laughs) I don't remember a thing about it.
0: So that's why I can see why wedding pavilion brides would be shocked by this price increase.
1: Well, and I'm wondering if part of it is just that there's such a high demand for the wedding pavilion. I know that when I first saw it in 2002, I was just sure I had to get married there. That was where we were going to have our Disney wedding You know, long before I knew that Kyle and I were going to get married. And that was this dream that was accomplished when we ended up getting married there. But that's a big price tag on that dream. And I'm not sure if they're just counting on people either having their heart set on it or, you know, choosing another location so that they can make room for the people that are willing to pay that much. But it's it's a funny, that's a funny game to play if they're weeding out the people that just don't want to put that in their budget. Because that seems, like you said, you know, pretty unfair considering not a lot's been updated. Right, right.
0: Well, and the other one that's pretty shocking is the increase in the food and beverage minimum, because those also went up just a year ago for the first time in many years. So, you know, maybe it was justified, maybe Disney was coming up short with their old minimums, and so they had to raise them. But now they've raised them again. And the fact that only your food at the pre-reception and the reception counts toward them, that's huge. Because basically, if you're trying to get in for just the minimum, you cannot have a dessert party. You're going to have to spend beyond that in order to have one. And to me, the dessert party is sort of the signature event of a Disney wedding. I mean, it's one of the things Mm -hmm. I always brag about when people are like, why did you get married at Disney? I'm like, because we had fireworks at our wedding. Right? (laughs) So the way they've done this is they now have these set menus that they send you that include a bar package and cake. And You can still customize the menus. You don't have to go with exactly the food items on the menu, but the bar is only a package. So if you decide you want more than, I think for like the brunch, they have beer and wine or something. And then for lunch, they have the next highest bar. And then for dinner, they have the next highest bar. So if you're at lunch and you want to upgrade to a higher bar, you can pay the difference. But if you cut the bar, you're not saving any money. You then have to make up that difference by spending more money on food. Right. And then the enhancement minimum basically is the same thing as you were paying before, where you're just, you know, paying Disney for everything else you would need for the day to make up the difference to meet the old overall minimum expenditure. However, now you can't include your dessert party toward it if you're going to do that. And it really forces you to use Disney for more things, whereas some brides like to use outside vendors for floral and decor, photography, even transportation because it saves money and often you get more bang for your buck. Now they're pretty much going to have to use Disney for those things if they want to meet these numbers. And Disney has also helpfully raised the prices of <laughs> a lot of their individual elements, like their specialty transportation, like the carriage and the performers. Granted, those numbers have not changed a lot in the last few years. So it was probably they were due, but it is just sort of like that extra little lemon juice on the paper, cut.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just seems like slightly bad timing since this is all... Sticker shock, sticker shock, sticker shock, and then to raise the rest of the prices and be like, oh, congratulations, it'll be no problem to meet your $10,000 Saturday night enhancement minimum because we've made everything more expensive. That's not going to make Brides happy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I think waiting just a little bit longer would have been a good idea, but what are you going to do?
0: And then the one other change is that now the deposit is $4,000 instead of $2,000, and they take $3,000 of that and apply it to your minimums when you pay them, and then the other 1000 is retained till after the event, and if you have any overages, it's subtracted from that. So in the past, if you had had a bill on consumption bar and you went over, they would take it out of the $1,000, but on the other hand, for most of us, we were way under, especially if you did bill on consumption. And so not only would you get your $1,000 deposit back, you would also get the difference that they had estimated you would spend on the bar that you didn't. So let's talk about Carly. I I thought it would be interesting if we looked at how much our weddings would cost now under the new pricing structure versus then.
1: Sure. Well, I always uh, remind people when they look at my budget, because I have my budget posted right on Magical Day Weddings. So you can see down to, I mean, I included... The flights and my earrings and the flip-flops and the postage for the thank you notes. I mean, I put everything on there. And so I always tell people, you know, this is what I paid. But you have to remember that was five years ago. And I did cut corners in a lot of places. We didn't have a wedding cake. We didn't use transportation, things like that. I didn't use Disney for floral. But it's interesting to look at if I had done exactly what I did back then now, You know, how much of a price jump would that be? And what we paid Disney for, we only paid Disney for the use of the wedding pavilion. And then we had a pre-reception over at the Grand Floridian and we had a reception there as well. And we got our DJ through them. And those, those four things were the only things that we paid for. So you're just looking at what we paid for to have our ceremony venue and then basically food and beverage for 55 guests and our DJ. And so five years ago, way back when we paid 11,200 for those things and to get away with 11,200, and that included tax and our fees and everything that was probably about as low as we were going to be able to get. Cause I remember that we thought about not having a DJ, but we actually were going to be too low at that point. So, you know, we were really, really cutting close. If we were to have the exact same things again, not add anything for 55 people, right now it would be 13750 So that's about a $2,500 difference. And you can look at that and say, okay, well, it's been five years, so prices have gone up. But you could also look at that and think, okay, well, $2,500, that would have been... A whole separate event back then I mean that would have been a dessert party at least for you know part of our wedding party or full floral or and you know if you think about it in terms of what we might have been paying for and not getting that's kind of a bummer
0: yeah and that's actually exactly the number I got when I was crunching my numbers we were able to stick to our $10,000 minimum I think we went 69 dollars over the minimum which will be etched in my tombstone that i (laughs) to the minimum (laughs) and so at the time so we paid you know ten thousand dollars plus 69 dollars and then whatever the taxes and service fees worked out because those do not count toward your minimum so but if we did it now with the same guest count and everything and these new enhancement minimums we would have to spend at least twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars before the dessert party, because our $10,000 included a dessert party. And now, since it doesn't apply, we would have had to add a bunch of stuff we didn't want, like floral and decor, in order to meet the minimums, and then add the dessert party on top of that. So suddenly, our $10,000 wedding is a $15,000 wedding.
1: Well, and it's, I mean, if you look back, you got exactly the floral that you wanted by doing it the way that you did it. And it's sad to think that not only would you have had to pay for something that you didn't want, but you might have ended up with something that didn't quite fit as well as what you had. Right, right.
0: And so I'm sure Disney is counting on the fact that Most brides who come to them don't know anything about the disboards or the various groups of brides who get together and talk about this kind of thing like we are doing now. (laughs) And they will simply look at the prices and say, okay, that's the cost of doing business with Disney. But for those of us who know better, it's a little bit of a shock. And it's going to be interesting to see if people who were planning, say, for 2015 but they hadn't started talking to Disney – now have to change their plans. Some people were saying, you know, I'm going to have to go down to escape. Some people were saying, I'm going to have to go to the Swan and Dolphin. It'll be interesting to see what the result of this is.
1: Fewer dessert parties, maybe. I don't know. Well, and I'm going to be really sad if the result is just fewer Disney events in general, Um, especially if it's fewer Disney events for people who really love Disney, because part of what's happening here, it's sort of like the fact that there's such a high price for the magic kingdom. Part of that is that, you know, with the park and everything, it's complicated. But another part of that is that the Magic Kingdom is like, that is the Disney wedding place. When You tell people that you're getting married at Disney World, they see you standing in front of the castle. That is the immediate (laughs) assumption. And so they're charging a lot so that you have that big shot in the arm of Disney. And what they've raised the prices on here, what we're looking at, and you're talking about the prices going up for the wedding pavilion with that. Window that looks out on Cinderella's castle, you know, in the far, far distance. And then you're talking about dessert parties, about being in Epcot with your wedding guests and having the fireworks go off and those, you know, little Mickey shaped Rice Krispie treats and all of that Disney magic. If they keep raising the price tag on it, they're going to be turning away people who really, really love Disney, but just can't afford it. And I don't think that those people are then going to want to fall back on a location that they're not that familiar with, if that was their motivation, and I'm going to be sad if we see less of those or fewer events from those people, just because I feel like that's a big part of the bride community is the people that are just diehard Disney and they want that pixie dust.
0: exactly. so Carly, let's see if we can brainstorm some alternatives now, either other locations where people would want to get married or ways for them to save so they can maybe still afford a Disney wedding in two thousand and fifteen.
1: Well, one of the most obvious ways to save is to carefully plan when you're having that wedding. Um, Obviously, Saturday night weddings might not be in the budget for a lot of people. And even though that is classically the best time to have a wedding anywhere, just because people are off work, etc. You have to remember that if you're having a Disney wedding, most of those people are traveling. So, you know, the chances that they were going to go to work on Monday anyway, probably a little bit slimmer. If you had that Monday morning wedding versus a Saturday night wedding, I mean, that's, that's a much lower minimum.
0: And I always like to point out to people that airfare prices are cheaper on Saturdays and Tuesdays. So if you were going to have a wedding on a Sunday or a Monday, people could fly in on a Saturday and leave on a Tuesday and they'd save that much more on their airfare.
1: And then they would just buy you much bigger wedding presents, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Other things that you can do, I mean... Keep your guest count low. I mean, that's going
0: to be the biggest thing now.
1: Yeah, I think that that's probably number one. That's the toughest thing for people when they first get engaged because you start out with that guest list that includes everybody that you've ever met and all of your family. And a lot of people just can't do that.
0: Right. Luckily, though, because it is a destination wedding, and while Disney says that they have a higher response rate than most destination weddings... I still do mostly see that people who start off with, like, we invited 75 people, and then you get six months out, and maybe only 50 people are going. And then sometimes at the last minute, it's like, everybody canceled, and now we have 20 people. So, not that that happens to everybody, but it is easier, A, to invite fewer people because you can just say, hey, it's a destination, and B, to get those people to drop out because it's a destination wedding.
1: Well, and to be honest, sometimes you just have to be a little bit mean because we were one of those very lucky couples who invited. 40 people. And we ended up with 55 guests because people RSVP'd or let us know that they were so excited about our wedding who had not originally made that guest list. And then at the end of the day, I have to admit that I had sort of a bad bride moment where one of our groomsmen RSVP'd with his girlfriend who we had not met and had not invited. And her coming versus her not coming was $125 difference. And at the end of the day, that was just enough for me to make that phone call to say, haven't met your girlfriend. She's not wanted. <laughs> so I got to have a really classy moment of uninviting somebody who was attempting to come to our Disney wedding.
0: Well, but they put you in that position by doing something that's rude by etiquette standards.
1: <laughs> right. And so I didn't feel all that bad, and to be fair. They broke up a couple of weeks after we got married. So I'm glad that she wasn't there for our big day. But, you know, if you have to have that moment where you have to casually uninvite somebody, just remember that you can always throw Disney under the bus and claim that they absolutely put a cap on your wedding and you can't possibly have one more warm body. And that's why that person can't come. Exactly. Even if that's not true. (laughs) We We won't tell.
0: tell. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then now let's talk a little bit about what are your alternatives so that you can have a wedding on Disney property, but maybe not through Disney.
1: Right. Which, you know, I don't think a lot of people always know that's an option, but there are some really great options in the area. Number one that comes to mind is the Swan and Dolphin.
0: And they're great because they have these... Packages that function a bit like wishes events, where you just pay this base rate of a couple thousand dollars and you get everything you need for a ceremony. And then you can either go to one of their restaurants for your reception or you can do a catered reception through the Swan and Dolphin in one of their ballrooms. But it starts at a lower price point than Disney does. And you're still on Disney property. You even have friendship boats going by at Crescent Terrace. So that can be
1: a good option. Well, and I mean, when we say Disney property, you are right on Disney property. So if you aren't all that familiar with the way that Walt Disney World is laid out, or if your guests aren't, you are pretty much between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. And so most of the people that are at Disney World don't even know that those aren't official Disney resorts. So getting married at this one and Dolphin is honestly kind of like getting away with something because you're paying less, but you are 100 feet from people who are having official Disney weddings.
0: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, of course, there are places like Coronado Springs, which has Rick's Lounge, a restaurant slash bar in the resort that is owned by a different company, not Disney. And they have their own wedding packages. So you can do your just your ceremony or your ceremony and your reception there. And then also Fulton's at Downtown Disney does weddings and receptions.
1: Well, you can still get married, as far as I know, in that hot air balloon at Downtown Disney, right? They have the ceremonies midair.
0: And it's pretty inexpensive, right?
1: Yeah, you can only take a few people with you because you can put 50 people into a hot air balloon. (laughs) But it's a very memorable, very romantic way to have a, a Walt Disney World ceremony. And, you know, you could do the ceremony with just a small group and then have a larger reception of Fultons later on. I don't think anybody would think that that was... A terrible idea. Right.
0: Another idea too is to have your ceremony through one of these options and then plan a catered event through Disney's catered events. As long as you're staying on property, anybody can plan a private party through Disney. The only restriction is that if it is in the park, you won't be able to wear wedding attire. And for some people that's a big deal, but there's no problem with just planning like a Fantasmic dessert party or an Illuminations dessert party and adding it on to, you know, the ceremony and the reception that you had someplace else.
1: So something to keep in mind is that if you're thinking about having a wedding at Walt Disney World and you're hearing everything that we've been talking about and you're getting discouraged, it is still possible to have a Disney wedding for a very reasonable budget, for a budget that's close to what you'd be paying anywhere else in the country since weddings in general have just gotten a little bit pricey. What you need to keep in mind, though, is that you might have to be a little bit flexible about your vision for your Disney wedding because if you wanted to have that Wedding pavilion, Saturday night, 200 guests, wedding, that is going to be quite a large event price wise. But there are a lot of really beautiful venues that are available at Walt Disney World that you might not be familiar with. And, you know, if you choose one of those ones that is a little bit cheaper, and if you have a wedding a little bit earlier in the day, on a day that's not a Saturday, all of that is gonna chip away at that total cost until you have a very beautiful, very memorable and very Disney event that just may not look like what you thought about when you, the night that you got engaged.
0: And as we hear from everybody who tells us about their Disney weddings, they become a a once-in-a-lifetime event. People's guests are still talking about their wedding years later. And just having it in such an unusual venue with world-class service, things that you can't get other places like fireworks and rides on boats, that was a big deal for us at our wedding, um, I think that makes enough of an impression, and it leaves such a good memory that for many people it's worth it.
1: Well, and the nice thing about our Disney wedding, which remains just probably the best thing that we've ever done, is that for the guests that came and they traveled, and a lot of our guests came from Ohio and California because that's where our families live, when they think about our wedding, they don't think about, you know, the chicken that we picked out or the color of the chair covers and things like that. They think about having this fantastic Disney vacation that includes everything from Splash Mountain to fireworks to, Even, you know, taking the bus from the airport and how exciting it was to see Mickey on the screen. All of that got rolled up into this memory that we had the greatest wedding ever. And realistically, we were only responsible for about four hours of these people's vacations. But they remembered the entire week as being this great thing that we did for them. So that was a huge perk for us. That's a great
0: point. Yeah. Well, Carly, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Hopefully, we've been able to illuminate the new structure for anybody listening today and offer some ideas for ways that they can still save money despite the price increases. So thank you for being on the show. Of course. It's always fun to be on here. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions. To info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp, or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. Thank you.